What? The elevator pitch the, of your the life. The elevator pitch of your life. I have an almost three-year-old named Ari. He's about, he's almost going to be three. Well, he says um, 12 words in 30 seconds. <laughs> I live in the Canary Islands in Tenerife. And, and you are his best friend. I remember that. I'm his best friend, and he's yeah. my best friend, possible girlfriend, <laughs> I'm <not> sure. <laughs> like, I'm obsessed with him. Um, so... to another episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. And this week, we're going to have a special story time edition because the amazing storytelling expert, Mila Finkelstein, is with us. She is an, uh, an amazing um, storyteller herself, but also an expert at helping other people and companies tell their stories. And, and she also knows a lot about movie stories. I've learned a great deal from her. And we're going to really dive into stories, because Lord knows we tell a lot of stories on this show. But before we get to Mila, I want to start with my sisters, Lily from the Canary Islands. How are you? I'm good. It's a, a beautiful sunny day in Tenerife in February, so I can't complain. But I'm not good, because I've been trying to make a family album for our family for like, I don't know, a month and a half now of uh, our trip, our big uh, Arizona Vegas trip. And it's like pulling teeth or herding cats or whatever other metaphor you'd like to use of trying to get my family to send me pictures. Now that, I could just now are you are you talking to her own pictures and makes everybody an album with everything that she wants on her phone. But I know that I'm trying to be like, no, I have so many good pictures, and everybody would be upset. So I ask everybody just to send me their pictures. Finally, everybody sends them. <laughs> Becky sends them. Mom sends them. Mom puts all her pictures in like seventeen different folders. But at least they like were in folders. But what were they organized and there were some by? Kind of Hold selection. on. They were they? organized by human beings. So there's like <laughs> the older grandchild folder, the youngest grandchild <laughs> folder. So I said to mom, I was like, I don't need them personalized. I just need all the pictures. She's like, Oh, I have another folder. But at least she had folders. Then um, my dear dad sent a bunch of pictures, which was great. Becky sent, and I like to say Becky sent 56 pictures, which is awesome, because that proves she made a selection, or she didn't take that many pictures in the first place. Either way, <laughs> a little above. She's the a least sentimental of the group. Shai is the last one to roll in with his sending me of the pictures. And I just, I can't start organizing the photo album before I get all the pictures. Shai's on the phone with me. He's like, I, I, I just shared the album, open it up. I opened the album and I was like, whoa, Shai, you have, there's a hundred pictures in here. Like, that's a lot. Becky sent me half that amount. And he's like, hundred, just sit back away. <laughs> and the number starts climbing and climbing. There's 1,800 photos in the shared album he shared with me of a trip that was nine days. Nine days on vacation. There are videos, boomerangs, GIFs, or GIFs. There is multiple format media that they can't even call the album on the Mac computer photos. It just says items. items. <laughs> and I go to Shia. I was like, how, like, mom, you're more, you're worse than mom that you, I can't realize I can't put a video in a photo album. Why would you do that? And he's like, this is my selection. This is the selection I made. 
there's WhatsApp <laughs> pictures from like rando cousins and like friends of friends in this album. Like other people's grandkids. You made no selection. You have way too many pictures on your phone. I worry for you. And the stark contrast between my two siblings and what they understand of <laughs> a selection for holiday pictures in I 10 days. I feel like I it says a lot about us. Like perfectly pictures and sent me 56. It perfectly explains to a difference you. between Shy and myself. Right. I am right now podcasting on the childhood breakfast table from our house that I could not let go. And it is now my desk off my office desk where I where I do the podcast, <laughs> even though there's nowhere else for it to fit in the house. Becky, did you even keep your rock collection from when you were a kid? Do you have anything hey, from when you were a child? Hey, hey. I still have the rock collection. Don't don't mess with the rock collection. That's one of my very. If you also says a lot about me. The one thing I'm sentimental about is a pile of rocks. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm somewhere in between the two of you, but I'm stuck with looking through like a one. But I only have like. I have like one box of personal items. Whereas I just went through 10 crates of CDs that have been in storage for 20 years to find yes. all of my CDs from the 90s. And I have way too many Santana CDs. <laughs> what was I thinking? This is, this is your conclusion. I have nine Santana CDs. I'm happy you kept all of those CDs just so you could revisit <laughs> this. And Becky, how are you doing? I'm good. How are your um, How are your bangs? I was going to say I just got some bangs. I needed like a fresh look, a fresh do. So I went and I saw my girl, and she styled me up. I'm feeling really good about it, no matter what the haters say. So <laughs> haters gonna hate back. Haters gonna hate. I look cute. I think I mean, she's right referring now, to you, Lily, as the hater. To be clear, no, I think that hater is you. It's just no, it's the morning, I'm all in on the like, Do it. So you guys can't really see over the Skype feed, but. It's it's looking fresh. It's looking good. Nice. Oh, all right. Now let's now let's get to uh, How are you, Shy? Oh, oh, thank you. I'm lovely. I feel like we already heard how he's doing. I'm lovely. I re well, I rewatched Super Troopers 2, which is hilarious, with our dear friend Bronze who is visiting, and our kids were like resting or playing and both of us just fell asleep on the couch watching super troopers too like curled up like we were napping just like we were in college and it's been a so special when that happens on the weekend life is good but let's get to our guest mila finkelstein calling all the way from israel we met just to give the listeners some background we met in jerusalem in the roi conference at the schusterman Family Foundation put on. It was this incredible collection of leaders and innovators, and I attended a session that Mila ran on the art of storytelling. And it blew me away right away, and I knew at that moment that she needed to come on as a guest and meet my sisters and possibly consult on our own storytelling abilities and maybe like tune us up a little bit. But with that, Mila, welcome. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. It's great. It's great to have you here. So before we go anywhere else, you got to tell us. Tell us about your work. What is what 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 do you use storytelling for? Well, I help people to communicate with others and motivate others to action using clear messages and inducing meaning into those messages. And I and I would say that that's kind of. Um, 
my idea of storytelling is how can we convey our messages in such a way that will actually resonate with people who are listening like the the the, the where i do it is actually in organizations i i take ideas structures motives narratives that come from stories like movies and some of them will be talking today uh, and um, structures of, of you know literature and i apply them to business how do we tell the story of our company how did we do a business network event so i i would say that i combine those two worlds that uh, not usually combined together which is business and story and storytelling and I, I i use storytelling as a method cool okay so what makes a great story wow that's a big one so um i would say that a conflict is something that makes a great story great and i, I was even anal- I like listening to you guys and i was analyzing the story and i was and and think about what made it so funny right imagine if lily would come and say um well i had to do a, um an album and then i asked everybody to send pictures and they did and it turned out great good work everybody all <laughs> <laughs> right my life would exactly. be better but it would be more. exactly Exactly. And so what made it so compelling and so funny as well was the, um, the, the conflict within it. And, and that's something that we can all relate to. We could all imagine our own families and about how we communicate and how long it takes us to, to, to create something within the family. And so that and, would be... And the I, message that Shai's a hoarder came Definitely. I don't know if Becky's talking, but I can't hear her. Becky, you're on mute, girl. I think I I think. (laughs) Sorry, in an attempt not to rustle things, because Shy gets very upset. (laughs) No, no, thank you. And I'm just saying, how much fun are we already having with Mila on this podcast? (laughs) Explaining (laughs) explaining us to us like this is the best. (laughs) No, and I, I mean, I think that's such a great answer because. I feel like there's so many very long-winded answers of what could make a great story, and just you know, I'm sure you're going to give us the long-winded version now. No, right. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying that I think that's awesome. You know, to sum it up and saying a great conflict is um, really cool. And I will say, Mila, this is actually when we really get into the weeds of talking about a certain movie or TV show. Mm-hmm. One, of the the two things that come up the most that um, either get us really excited about why we love something or frustrated about why we didn't are the stakes of the story. So mm-hmm. are the stakes high enough? Is there going to be enough of a conflict, basically? And is there character development? And those are the two things that I would say are really, you know, I hear us talking about over and over again when talking about what makes a movie or TV show really great. Um, so that's, hey, we were that's right. amazing. Oh, thank you. I, I will add. I will add another layer to that. When we're talking about the conflict, we're talking about two layers. One is the let's say the villain, right? Something bad that is happening, coming from outside of our own personal existence, and then there's our personal conflict. Now we don't always have those two conflicts, but when we do, the conflicts come in different layers. Got it. Did that different layers Did like in Spider Verse? Well, like if, what? I don't know if Mila's but, seen the Spider-Verse. I don't know. The Spider-Verse movie, this new Spider-Man movie, I think is mm-hmm. just so awesome. And one of the reasons that I think it's such a great story 
and you have simultaneously an outside villain who's like the bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's like a superhero movie, and mm-hmm. but a cart is animated. You have a bad guy, but then you have a constant, multiple layered personal struggle conflict within yeah. multiple characters. And it's just so well done. Right. All these layers of conflict. Because if someone's going through the, in addition to like the outside force, that could be causing conflict. If you're going through some sort of personal conflict, then you're going to get the character development, right? Oh, that's so interesting. I never actually, it's so funny how I just didn't connect that very simple dot, how those two elements for making a story exciting or engaging or memorable are so connected. The idea of like conflict and character development. So, so Mila, here's a question: mm-hmm. With conflict comes tension, right? To satisfy a listener or an or an audience member, do you bring them to a resolution? Do you keep the tension going? What's the art in where you have the cliffhanger and when you move past the cliffhanger? Whether you're doing a message for a business or or in a story uh, for a movie. So- so that's really interesting. I think that when it comes to a, a movie, it really depends. Are we talking a movie or or like a series, a show, right? And then we still get in each piece of a show, a series, and every episode will still have kind of like the tension, and then and then it all comes together to a greater story when the shows and when the show ends. But also when in in the movie as well, it kind of comes quicker, right? Um, and so when we're looking at the the like uh, typical um, structures of stories and like kind of like a journey, I'll be happy to talk to you about the journeys and the hero's journey, which is a great um, kind of um, uh, method to look at. But was created by Joseph Campbell, and he was talking about the fact that there is a hero that goes into adventures. There's a lot of stages. I won't go take you through all of them. But then there's a crisis, a conflict, right? A, a victory. And then um, the hero comes back home. And so after there's like a crisis, a great conflict, and then the great um, victory, we can still see the end of what happening, right? Like when Harry Potter ends, we can still see um, Harry uh, living happily ever after with Jenny, right? So mm-hmm. that's kind of where the where the tension is dropped. Well, I should have finished that book before you. And we that. can see. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> and so it's, not, see, it's my fault. <laughs> it is at this point. If you're at this point, it's on me. Point, yeah. I mean, look at every epic story, right? So we have, um, um, should I take Harry Potter or should I take like Star Wars or something? E- either one is fine. We either know- one. Okay. That's so fine, yeah. It all depends on where you're talking about Star Wars because one of the running bits on this show is how much I did not like The Last Jedi, like the last movie that came out. So just... I would say just- maybe avoid Star Wars because Shai needs to go to therapy every time I talk about it. It's like a whole thing. <laughs> But do you mean? But can I ask? Do you mean like in Lord of the Rings when it finishes mm-hmm. and yet Bilbo is still not Bilbo um, Frodo. Frodo Frodo is still so damaged and like you know that there's so much more conflict going on even though it's been resolved. Is that what you mean? No. So I would say that there's a part where the hero is is walking back home. So Frodo is walking back home and you can see Sam entering the village and his kids are coming to hug him. So there's something like the world was broken, right? Because um, because of the, I, I don't remember the name of the evil of the eye. I don't remember Sarah. his name. Sarah. Exactly. Sarah. So Sarah broke the world. 
And then that had to, that took Frodo away from the village together with Sam. And now they're walking back home. So there's like this, this breaking of the tension. Now, we can still see some club conflicts in order to, that might need to be dealt later, right? And they might create a whole new journey. But this journey came to an end with Frodo walking back into the countryside, back into his home. And so if, if we're trying kind of to, to analyze it, so first we have a hero in, in the in the hero's journey. We have a hero. Isn't and he going to live with the elves? No, that's the, the, that's the that's, epilogue. That's, that's, epilogue. that's the new Lily. We're just, we're just okay. I don't remember. I don't I don't I don't really remember. It might be. It doesn't matter. Okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So that's yeah. so so first the hero is living in an ordinary world, right? Frodo is living in an ordinary world where he goes he goes about his day, nothing extraordinary is happening. And then there's a call for adventure. Okay, something happens. And at first, um, he doesn't want to go on that adventure. And that's the inner conflict. I'm not sure of myself. I, I am not good enough to go on that adventure. And then he needs to have a mentor. And so Gandalf, he, he tells him, hey, you can do it. You are the only one that can do it. You are the cho- chosen one. And so that that's the way we're trying to start um, 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 acting upon the crisis, upon the conflict, the outside and the inner conflict. And then there is there's great adventure. There's like twelve stages. I won't take you. I think I won't take you through everything. But at the end of it, he he wins. There's a struggle. He wins um, uh, the struggle, and then he goes back home, which is what we just talked about. So that's kind of like a few parts of the hero's journey. And we can see the same thing in Harry Potter and in World of the in. Um, I'm sorry, a Lord of the Rings and in Spider Man, by the way, who's the mentor in Spider Man? Uh, which spider? Uh, Uncle Ben? Which one? Exactly, Uncle Ben. Right? Uncle ben. I don't know what to Spider-Man. do. I don't know what to do. Oh, yeah, I don't know what to do with all those powers. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. No, you are. You are capable. Here, go ahead and take upon your place in the world. And then there's Yoda in Star Wars. So mm-hmm. those, that's kind of like the structure of epic um, stories. It's true to books, not only to movies, because, you know, Lord of the Rings is a book before a movie. Uh, but we can see that uh, in a lot, a lot of good, interesting metrics, in a lot of good, interesting Oh, movies. The Matrix. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a really... Okay, yeah. so, the, so that Morpheus, is... The, Neo, got it. So, yeah. so do you yeah. ever... Let's say you're doing this in business. Do you ever, like, leave people in a cliffhanger as part of the technique? Like, leave them in the middle of the story in order to keep them wanting more? Or do, do you need to make people feel resolved like they're going home at the end? At the, at the end, like, if I have a lecture, I can I can start with a cliffhanger and then, um, and t- and then tell them, hey, I'll tell you the end of it at the, uh, at the end of the lecture. But they cannot go home without getting the end of it because then it's just it, that's just mean <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. so i might use the tension in or in order to lure them in and then keep them engaged throughout the entire uh, uh, presentation or lecture or whatever but i will have to resolve it at the end before they go home but, and what you're saying is interesting because i think we had a conversation with a friend um on the podcast about his complaints about TV. And one of the complaints that he has with now, like the big thing is to do like 10 different, um, this is like on series television, on like regular mm-hmm. series cable TV. 
he was like the, ten, the, the the it's so popular now to have ten different cliffhangers in one season, and it's like he's like it's enough already with the cliffhangers. Everything is like a mid-season and, finale, and, and it's sort of like almost like a lazy technique at a certain point. The, but on the other end of the spectrum, these shows that are put out where the whole series comes out at once, you know, like on Netflix or maybe I don't know Amazon Prime does it. Um, I find that there's often not not enough tension because they know you're going to just binge watch the whole thing and and they're not striking enough of a balance um because right, very- it's not as much as like individual episodes where like Sorry, they like the, the stakes are we got to keep you coming back in a week so they know you're going to plow through this so like they're lazy for the first week. four episodes Right, you're just going to watch the first three, four episodes. So there's some tension, but oftentimes I find these shows, imagine it's like an, there's eight episodes. It's not going to really pick up until episode four or five even. Or six. Sometimes yeah. it's almost right at the end. Like the last and those are the shows I never watch again. Yeah. <laughs> now, one of the best things that I experienced in Mila's lecture, being a movie fan, when I when I went to it was she busted out a scene from one of I know my two sisters all time favorite. If movies. I'm you in that moment, I have a full on like stand up wherever I'm sitting, arms in the air, yeah, like embarrassing <laughs> yeah. myself. Like, I I like <laughs> yes, I forgot I how much I it. love this movie. Not love. So it. the movie love. is the movie is A Knight's Tale, and the scene so that good. Mila used was well, actually, Mila, why don't you tell us how you which scene and why you use that scene? Sure. Because it's so, wild. So, I guess it's pretty close to the beginning of of this uh, of the movie. I don't exactly remember where it is, but Paul Batney is playing also a storyteller, by the way, who's like um, um, uh, comes along with this um, knight, and they're uh, I don't know how to how to say like the the the, yeah, the, 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 the group of the yeah, but they're walking oh. uh, um, um, in, in yeah entourage yeah, entourage, entourage. Yeah, that's great. And, and then he he's the one who's intru- introducing the the night before a great game and and when it comes to the movie itself uh, there, there's lots of things that i loved about it and one of the things is how they created an historical context but use modern day tools like music and like um, uh, um, uh, um you know h- how people introduce in uh, like fights and stuff like that and like with the way that rhetorics that he used so he he was really like the, using uh, rhetorics from 21st century but putting it into action in the whatever century the movie was located at and so he's introducing this night and what he actually does is tells three amazing stories in order to make the audience understand who that person is and he's really doing what we call in the world of rhetorics building his ethos Rhetorics based on like Aristo is three main pillars, which is ethos, pathos, and logos. Logos is the logic, pathos is the emotional, you know, cry for emotion. And then ethos is the credibility. Who is the speaker? Why should we listen to what they say? And so um, what he's doing is really creating his ethos. And when he's creating his ethos, he tells us tells us three stories. Should should I tell the stories, or is that too long? Do you want me to like uh, analyze uh, 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 the scene? Uh, give Shall us give us like a brief. So the scene is, if most people remember, Heath Ledger is about to fight for the first time, and Paul mm-hmm. Bettany wants to hype up the crowd, and he starts he starts making stuff up, right? Heath Ledger's a nobody, so. 
Yeah. So, so yeah, backstory. take us a little bit through the, the. And he's Chaucer. He's supposed to be. He's supposed to be playing Chaucer. A oh, very famous, yeah, who wrote Canterbury Tales, a very famous English poet author. So it even lends even more to the scene because you know, like Mila said, the character is he's not by coincidence a great. He's a storyteller. Exactly, and he's also there's much to say about his body language as, as well, right? He he used mm-hmm. his full body and his entire you know intonation in order to really tell the story. But what he actually does, he tells three stories that when we analyze them, we understand that they hold value. We understand that what he shows within those stories is that um, the knight uh, is very brave, humble. Um, you know, uh, religious. Um, so there's a lot of qualities uh, that people can relate to and the qualities that can really talk to that specific audience in that specific time. And, and he, he makes us understand those qualities without actually saying the words. So if he tells us about how uh, this night, he, I, he says, I first met him in Jerusalem when he was praying of the Saracen blood he just spilled. So he was, he was feeling sorry about the person that he had to kill right now. And so what we understand from it is that he's very brave, that he's very religious, and that he, he takes all life seriously, even though he has to take some. And so we understand all of that without Paul Batney actually saying that. And then I next uh, met him when he was in Italy, when he saved uh, a, a virgin from uh, from r- the ravishing of her, uh, of her horrible uncle. And so now we understand a lot about his personality as well. And so um, he takes us one by one, feeling that this is the best person on earth, without actually saying th- those words. Oh, and, I get it. Yeah. And that's what storytelling is all about. Um, and that's kind of if 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 I want to talk to um, to I don't know to, to an employee, or I want to um, talk to uh, something that has to do with business, a business presentation. How do I make them feel that I'm the best person on earth, that my company is the best company, without saying I'm the best? Got it. Tell us the right story and people will get the conclusion that you want them to get. And that's much, much powerful. And this is actually once we create the conclusion, once we get to that conclusion on our own, then it becomes ours, right? If I tell you, hey, I'm very brave, you will go home and you'll tell your, you know, I know, spouse, you'll tell, hey, I met somebody today. She's vain, <laughs> right? <laughs> But if I'll tell you a story about how I was walking in, in outside and then I suddenly saw a carriage, a baby carriage in the middle of the road and I jumped and, and, and I just I pushed the carriage away from the from from, uh, from the road. And, and so a car swift by and I, I saved the baby. Then you will go home to your spouses and you will say, hey, I met a very brave person today. And if if I take it and I make the connection to my workplace, for instance, then once you need to make a decision and you're looking for the best, for the bravest person in order to do something in your company, you will take that conclusion that you had before and you will apply it and say, hey, I want to work with Mila because she's the bravest, whatever, right? The bravest person that I know. And at the end of the day, we make a decision based on an emotional state, not rational. And once we start using stories, the way that Paul Batney did in that movie, we start to influence people's decisions. 
<laughs> right? Yeah, right? exactly. Like every, I, just like, yeah, I know my sisters exactly. so well because I just like watching their brains go like. Yeah, like this. we're not taking <laughs> a beat right now to absorb everything. Um, but what it made me think of is that in filmmaking, and I'm sure there's something we've talked about on the podcast, is that um, I personally can't stand when there's exposition in a film. When someone explains something to me that they could instead show me with you know, with the, with the way, with, with a scene or with the way something's being edited. So if a character walks into a room and just starts explaining stuff to you, it drives me crazy. Instead, I go, I want to see it. I don't want you to just tell it to me. Um, so that's like, I think, in, I, I, that's I think like that, parallel I, to, what, to what you're talking I about. I think that's similar, Beck. I think there are those yeah. times where like a movie just feels lazy if they just spell it out, if they telegraph it. Right. And I think what Mila is talking about is exactly what you said. So, all right. Yeah. This is a podcast where... So, Mila, one thing I forgot to mention when we started is that the, the the ethos of this podcast is we're inviting you to join our family. So you're in our family for this next however long we can keep you. And, yes. and, uh, and the listeners are really part of our family. And the language of our family has been, since we were teenagers, movies and television. Or tele- younger, even. Even younger. Movies and television. Every Friday night... Our parents, even when we were in college, we would get together, we would have Shabbat dinner, we would hop in the car, and we would go see a movie. Even if it wasn't like the best movie ever, or if it was, in fact, most Often of the time, it wasn't the best movie it, ever. mostly it was supposed to be just like a fun action adventure movie. And then afterwards, we'd spend time talking together and breaking things down. So that's the that's the world you've stepped into here. So now I want to get to the part where we talk about movies. And I'd like to put the question out to the group of, other than A Knight's Tale and Lord of the Rings, which we've done <laughs> in great detail, what are some of the best stories, but stories like, like Mila described, stories that, that tell you more than what they've told you happened in them um, that, that you can think of? Do you mean the best type? Like a hero's journey, or do you mean like an actual give example? An, an actual give example. Like for okay. me, like I'll start off. It's not something you guys have seen, but the I'm Last gonna... Jedi, we get it. No, we it's definitely it. not the Solo? Last Jedi. No, not that either. <laughs> no, but Solo is an example of lazy storytelling because he literally walks in and says, "I'm the best pilot in the galaxy," or "I want to be the best right. pilot." Now I and am and the and best and pilot. They never and show him becoming a pilot. What should my name be? Solo. Okay. You're like, oh my god, we would have loved to maybe know some kind of like amazing story that you didn't have to spell it out for us where he accidentally got the name and we could figure it out because yeah. we're all adults and ins- here. Instead, someone <laughs> just is like, What's your name? So, oh, so that so those are bad examples, but um, so for me, so for me, one of, and I've talked about this a lot, and I feel like not enough people jump on this when I when I tell them about it, and I'm sure you guys don't really know what I'm talking about, but there's an animated series called Avatar The Last Airbender. And it is about a group of young people, teenagers, in a time of war who essentially go on what now I understand is a form of a hero's journey. And they they essentially have to go and uh, one of them is a kind of chosen one type character, but they have to go through this both personal and physical struggle over the course of these three seasons. And what I love about this show is that it could just be a weekly... A bunch of kids get an adventure and they save some people, which happens on a regular basis. But in each stage, they're building something about the way these kids 
are growing up and the decisions they're making on who they're going to be with the powers that they have and and creating this bond and relationships between them. And so if anyone is a listener that listen listen to the Avatar Airbender series, who watch the Avatar Airbender series, you know what I'm talking about. And so for me, as far as story goes, the story of those teen of those teenagers to me is one of the most compelling I've ever experienced. And and I've said it before, I'll say it again, the most compelling I've had since as a kid loving Star Wars, I love this series. So that's my favorite stories in a series or movie over to you guys well i'll just i'll be quick mine is something recent that i can't remember if it was becky that recommended it or my friend amanda or Allie. one of the three recommended me to read uh, this book um whoa, 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 whoa. we're doing books now it, they're turning it into a movie so relax okay all right. the podcast. okay <laughs> all right. um, and Fair. it had been i think a really long time since i had gotten to experience a typical story in such a different way so i think um it, it really kudos to the, the storytelling and the way that it's um takes something common and you know gives a different experience uh where did you go bernadette i don't know if you've mm. ever read that book someone uh, recommended it to me i mean ali recommended it to me and maybe i recommended it to you I don't know what there was a circle of recommendations there. Uh, This story, I loved this story so much. And uh, Becky and I have talked about this for years. One day they're going to make it into a movie because it's just too good not to be made into a movie. And I can't wait to see who's going to play Bernadette because it's all about uh, Kate Blanchett. Blanchett, Who can do anything. She can Um, do anything. Yeah, anything. Anything So I was very happy because she can literally do anything. So I'm good with that. Um, I saw Julianne Moore in my head when I was reading the book, but that's fine. It's hmm. good on them to choose Kate. And um, it's a, just like a coming of age mixed, like a coming of age at the same time. It's about this mom who kind of is struggling and disappears. And she's oh, so. not in the story for a chunk of the story yet. It's so much about her and you learn so much about her, but she's not present. And it's mostly told, a lot of the story told through correspondence, which I find can be like pretty cliched or not well Gimmicky. used. Gimmicky, thank you. And it's just done so well because she ends up getting a virtual assistant in India and using this assistant and she's a lot of the emails with him. And it's just so well done and so creative that uh, that's one of my all time like favorite stories now. And I go back to that being like, no, you can make original stuff. It's possible. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm just going to go with when you propose the question, I'm going to go with my gut reaction. I, I love the a Becky first, gut reaction. Becky gut reactions are mind. the best. And of course, like there's so many authors and books and, you know, and movies and TV shows that are great. But the first thing you said, what is a great story? And it doesn't matter if the movie was the best movie ever or not. Lim is. That is to oh. me, that is just. That's a great story everything it works on true. stage works on screen it works i mean i haven't read the book but i imagine the book must it's be really good. It's big a, book and it's really french but and it's because i think no matter the interpretation of it the characters the journeys the evolution the layers of love and struggle in it are are covering all so, around that stage play i mean it's, and it's got every and so uh, when you said what is one of the greatest stories it's got to be it's got to be limits. Cool. Yeah. All right, Mila, now you get to evaluate and tell us which one of us picked the best one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
What about you, Mila? What is an example of great storytelling in pop culture? So my mind went to, to quite an oldie, which is Battlestar Galactica, but from the 2000s. Oh, uh, wow. Cool. Okay, so so that is... I'm a fan of sci-fi. So Josh, who's one of my best friends, and he comes on the show a lot. He's the he's, one that has complaints about the uh, cliffhangers. <laughs> he loves that show. He, he thinks it is it. a masterpiece. So he will be I so think. happy to hear this. He's listening right now, cheering in it, saying... Yay. <laughs> I'm the one that wins. I agree. I just think it's a masterpiece because I think that, and, and everything that has to do with sci-fi, if it's good sci-fi, it's a way to show us a picture of human condition through a different perspective. And I really think that that's what Battlestar Galactica is doing because we have two sides fighting, but if, if then we understand. I don't know how 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 to if it's spoils anything, but we do understand that Cylons are made by humans, right? And so we ask ourselves, are we fighting ourselves? Are we fighting our own creation? Our, our baby in a way and what's the real difference between between the Cylons and the humans once they got conscious? Is there a real difference? So it's actually a story about race and how do we deal with a different race and it's even stronger if we're the one who created that race and that the only way for us to to be able to to create an, a better existence is by coming together and so I don't know if I should be ruining the ending. No, you're I already, that- I will say, don't ruin the ending, but you're already okay. making me more interested in the show. Because when I watched it, I watched the first six episodes, actually, while I was the, the pilot, the, the mm-hmm. miniseries, I watched while I was in Israel, actually, on vacation. And I just felt so hopeless by the end of it that I was like, oh, it's just going to be people drifting into nowhere like a zombie apocalypse and like nothing. Like now you're giving me some some sense of hope (laughs) that there's more to it than just. Oh, my God. You have to see it. It's amazing. Have you ever seen the Portlandia bit? About Battlestar Galactica. I did. They That's can't one stop of the, watching. Yeah, they get stop watching it, and they, they quickly <laughs> stop. And their spots go into atrophy, and they're like, their electricity goes. It's really funny. Then it's DVDs, I which is great. It's so philosophical. If you go into it and you find all the clues to God and to Christianity and to different, like the twelve tribes, they have this uh, idea of twelve tribes, and so you can find a lot of intertextual ideas into it, and so that's. I think that's really, really interesting. That's amazing. Um, out of curiosity, did have you seen it, which is kind of sci-fi, Orphan Black? Oh, oh I loved it. Orphan Black to me is that's, also that's one great. of the greatest. That's also really great storytelling, but kind of sci-fi-ish. Very it's cool. definitely sci-fi, Lily. Yeah, is that? Yeah, that's not real. No, I know. I, <laughs> are real. I mean, not the way they're using it, but sure. Um, um, you know, Doctor Who, there's so many great uh, like oh, okay. sci-fi uh, series out there. Like uh, that, Travelers is my, our new binge. Travelers. Travelers. What's Travelers? So that's a Netflix, uh, and it's really interesting because it's about people from the future that go to present to the 21st century, but the way they do it is they transmit their consciousness through, uh, through technology. So they actually send through Wi-Fi their consciousness into people oh, in wow. today's 
the 21st century and it's intriguing i i think it's really one of the the the, the best shows i saw in, in in the last few years very cool awesome well, i'm gonna have to watch it because of a professional storyteller is telling you yeah exactly i mean josh gets really upset when i don't give him credit for things because he definitely has never convinced me to try to battle scar galacta and now i'm like okay maybe i'll try it mila you know uh, one disclaimer the first episode of travelers is horrible you just okay. need to just see like it. becky said on netflix yeah, it usually the takes a yeah. few episodes for them to get so they know you're yeah. gonna so be- <laughs> so here's mila already giving us great recommendations but we've introduced a new bit on the show and this is called rex rx rx is in prescription rex is in recommendations because at this point we you're we're taping our 75th episode right now this is our 75th episode of the podcast we have taped over 75 hours of podcasting giving our advice so i would say at this point we're basically doctors in movies and television and mila's like a surgeon in stories and doc and 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 so what we like to do is we like to pretend to be the doctors not pretend to be we are the doctors right now and the doctors are in and we're gonna look at some real life scenarios we actually used kind of made up ones last time but we have real life scenarios that becky provided to us and and kudos to becky because you just nailed this thank you thank you and we all have to recommend the perfect either show or movie, depending on the, the scenario, to help uh, cure the ailment involved or, or f- perfectly fit the situation. In some ways, we're like sommeliers that are pairing wines with uh, life. So, the first one. You guys ready? That Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cousin Nancy is on maternity leave and bored out of her mind. She's a picky watcher. She likes shows that are suspenseful and likes a good crime show, but nothing where kids get hurt. What should she watch? I've been thinking about this since yesterday when I had lunch with two days ago when I had lunch with her. And it, and I literally have been racking my brain. And it was only, I think, like in the like when we started taping that it finally clicked. I mean, it came I have to me my, right away. Okay, oh, you go first then. I'm so curious because it took me two days to think of something. Orphan Black. Duh. Suspense. Crime. Kids yeah. get like kidnapped in that. And it's all about yeah, like. Yeah, kind of get crime. It's suspense, but there's drama. But I feel like this isn't funny. Really and I think sci-fi. Fine. It's not in space. It's just uh, about like some science uh, stuff. She's a scientist. She literally is a geneticist, isn't she? Uh, no. It's a bit sci-fi. I'm going to go with. Pretty sure kill, she's like. Killing Eve. Oh, interesting. But there's like dark, dark stuff in there if she didn't want kids. But it's not little kids getting hurt. And it's a crime show, and it's got some good chase and suspense in it. Killing Eve is a great show. Yeah. How about you, Mila? What do you recommend for our cousin Nancy? Well, I was thinking of elementary. Oh, Oh, terrific. That's like a more of a fun one. I like that take on it. Yeah, I, we, I loved it. I binge it. I'm, I'm waiting for the next season, hoping it's not going to be the last. And I love the fact that Joan Watson is a woman. And so I was thinking about Cousin Nancy maybe enjoying the, the strong female, I don't know, character. Cousin Nancy and, is a strong female. Yeah. I, 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 I don't she's know. a strong female character. She just had her third baby boy. So she's oh, a strong very woman. Cool. And she's very a vet. Cool. A marine vet, right? Like a marine vet. Biologist she's and a like a, vet. she's a marine biologist, and now she's like a 
veterinarian in like a regular animal hospital. That's yeah. so so far I think Mila's winning even though no one, you know every, you know it's for, not so, a competition so far though like if I were if I were going to a doctor right now my second opinion would say Mila's the one that won't damage you. Uh, I was going to go even lighter because for me the TV show Psych is very very fun. It might be too quirky for her. It might be. But yeah. it is such a sweet show it's about two best friends one of them is a fake psychic and they're solving crimes it's got a lot of heart but what i love about it it's one of these shows where the more you watch it the more you're in on the jokes that are the show and you just feel like you're hanging out with your buddies but they're also solving mysteries in every episode the stakes only rise like once a season or twice a season where like you really care whether or not they solve a particular crime but it's a fun it's almost like columbo was in the in the 70s right i think columbo's in the 70s it's that kind of feel, but it's light. I don't know. Lily, you've seen a few episodes. I don't know if Mila, you've ever seen. It's cute. Yeah. I uh, think it's perfect for like, if you have the flu, because that's when I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a movie that I put on in the middle of the night. If I can't sleep the show. the show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next scenario. And this Mila, you are of uh, late, Russian, sure. Russian descent. Correct. Right. Russia. That, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That's uh, true. I, I do. Uh, and and Becky is of course married to a gentleman of similar descent who uh, lived in Israel I mean, for a is period Russian. as well. Yeah, he's he's pretty Russian. And um, Becky's in laws are the most wonderful, sweet people. Tanya and Michael, like they have come on family vacation with our whole family many times, and they're just so funny and so fun and they love all the kids so like even my kids who are not related to them like if you you like turn your head and then you turn around and suddenly Tanya's like scooped up one of my kids and just snuggling and petting her and so (laughs) and Becky's going to go spend some time with them so Becky's going to visit her Russian in-laws who are very warm and loving homebodies and they really like sour cream Michael (laughs) the father needs something intellectually stimulating but Tanya will find that alone too boring, so she needs something with some, like, adventure and romance. What should the whole family watch together on vacation? Again, obvious. Orphan Black. It's the answer to everything. There's even a Russian in there. Actually, Actually, I have to say, because I have been so committed to trying to get them all into Outlander so far, Tanya's the only one that has responded to it. Because Michael is still is still pretending he's not into it. I'm so committed that I just bought them the box set of seasons one, two, and three that I'm going to bring them because I need them to watch the show. But I will propose Orphan Black this vacation. So, uh, yeah, should I? Oh no, go ahead. And, so, I, like, I I didn't I couldn't end up with something specific, but I will tell you what my head were kind of going to. One is that that people from Russian or orange or Jesus, my English went to die uh, from origins. Origin. Thank you. It's a difficult origins. They they love kind of uh, things that they can relate from their kind of uh, classical. Uh, yes. uh, kind of stories like Count Monte, Monte Cristo, yes. the Three Musketeers, like this type of movies. Although, do not show them the American version of Three Musketeers because the Russian they they tend to say that the Russian version is better. So you you should be careful about that specifically. Okay. 
but definitely something that goes with the classical. And then most of those stories have a romance in it, but they're classical enough. So the Russian male would think that this is intellectual enough. Oh, because it's classic, right? Literally just described my father-in-law. Just (laughs) described my father-in-law. You should show them La Miz then. I mean, like, oh yeah, why don't you watch La Miz, Beck? No, but we need like a show. La Miz is as long as a show. It's right. We watch it in three nights. And then I should say that the second thing that Russian people love is other Russians. And so anything with Mila Kunis is good. <laughs> right? Just I, let them know that. I, it I agree, by the way. Anything, I agree. Anything with Mila Kunis is good. Even her not good movies are good because she's adorable and very talented. So, so I am going to go with, I have two options. Number one, I am going to go against type here, and I'm going to recommend Outlander. That was the one that came to my mind, because Outlander, a show... It came to I, my mind, too, but I was like, there's a lot of intense sex scenes. Are you watching this all together with your in-laws? I feel like Becky's in-laws are very okay with the I don't know. I don't erotica. Know. For example, they watch Game of Thrones. With you, together? Mm, no. I mean, but they watch it. <laughs> no, but this is a family, it's a family vacation. Yeah, so I wasn't but sure. I still think Outlander's fine. I, I, so I, I think Outlander is a is is actually a good choice, but the other one is a show that I haven't seen yet. But I think maybe I instinctively knew what Mila was saying about other Russians. I hear that this show, The Romanovs, is really cool, and it's essentially it's it's like that. it's it's individual vignettes of people who yeah, are descendants an anthology. of anthology of, yeah. of of people that are descendants from the Romanovs, and it's I have to say like. That the name on its own and the description of it did not make me want to watch it, but then I saw a commercial for it the other day and I was like, "Huh, this is great, pretty cast. intriguing." It looks like if Wes Anderson made a TV show. <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> so, it's so I would say show. those are uh, okay. All right, so now this is we're gonna sometimes because we're doctors and we have to follow HIPAA uh, rules of privacy. We don't. We're not going to give the name of the person, but in this case, we have a, a client. Uh, has a minor injury, but one that will prevent them from being productive in any way. So they're going to be really, really restless and on the couch for a week, but they're like not like in danger. What do they bitch? Sex education. Yeah, yeah but here's the thing. Here's what I realized. I oh, was going to say sex education, which I we have to do a whole episode. Shai, you need to watch it. We're just talking about that. It's amazing, amazing. but it's only one season. If you're going to be on the couch for a week, you need something with three to five seasons solid. Mm. I could give multiple recommendations. Yeah, I'm also loving it. Russian Doll on Netflix. Ooh, I, is fun. that good? I really want to see that. Yeah, it's written by Amy Poehler. We Just tried it, and I have to say, I watched the first two episodes, and I'm going to finish watching it alone because my husband's too annoying to watch it with. I tried to watching yeah, it with mom. And, I tried watching it with mom and Vlad, and they were both just sighing constantly. And I'm like, all right, I need to. I get out of my space because they didn't I like it. Really funny. Yeah, they I were like just like, I don't understand. What is this? What's going on? I was just like, all right. <laughs> I, I'm having a lot of fun watching. I can't, I mean, I can't, I guess, believe I love it. Na- I, I love Natasha Leone. So. She's First fantastic. Yeah. She was, she's fantastic. And the she, writing, it's really fun. She was also terrific in the movie I saw with Will Arnett where the they are dog groomers who have to like solve mysteries with those dogs remember that oh, movie yeah. I took the kids movie? to see show dogs like Natasha Leone plays the vet or the dog trainer alright so what, what are we <laughs> recommending that Wait. has multiple seasons uh, for the binge or let's see what Mila has to say for yeah, the Mila, injured for Professor the Mila, Dr. Mila 
Oh, so I like that's a new uh, parameter that I wasn't thinking of. If it has multiple, um, but multiple. I think at this point, okay. if I've given two racks and you give one, then they don't. Ha- then it can be multiple one right. season. Right. It's like you watch one season of Sex Education. I see what you're saying, Becky. Like, you're either prescribing a show that has multiple seasons, or you better come up with multiple one or, season or, shows, or like a cocktail. Right. You know, sometimes okay. sometimes you take the multi. Um, the multi-symptom pill. You don't want to get you has all like, the stuff inside as opposed to just a Tylenol. Tylenol, yeah. and then you take like this the 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 antihistamine or whatever at the time of the day that you need. Yeah. So yeah, got. It. So Mila, I have another one to add. So I, I two seasons. I was saying, so I already. No, you're gonna go, Mila. Oh, I was about <laughs> saying that I already I, I already talked about travelers, so I think that that's that's an okay, amazing great. one. But also, uh, um, um, Grace and Frankie, I just love that. Ugh. Do you know? Have you so heard adorable. of it? And, yeah, I think so that's adorable. amazing. It's just mm-hmm. so funny. and it's... I agree. I find it very endearing. Yeah. There's only so much, I admit, though, of shows about like old Jews making sex jokes and like adult diaper jokes that I can take. And so on Grace and Frankie, the character that I love the most is the daughter played by June Diane Raphael, the one who yeah. is the the executive in the company with, yeah, with Jane Fonda. She's married to one of my favorite comedians, and she herself is one of my favorites. So, like, I, I like a show that's about her. Like, I will watch a spin-off about her, but at a certain point, all the old people on Grace and Frankie stopped being interesting to me. That's my... That's my she's issue with very that show. Funny, she's extremely underrated. No. <laughs> I'm she's ageist, very, but she's very <laughs> underrated for how funny she is. She's extremely um, talented. I love her on that show. And yeah. I, I also love the fact that 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 eighty year old woman doesn't like children. I mean, that character is you can see <laughs> that it's really similar to Grace, who at eighty year old grandmother who doesn't like the children still, and she's a businesswoman, and yeah. so it's it's kind of like you know. It's a cool message, I think. She uh, really okay. don't like children. That's a, that's Do you a, believe that woman is 82? That's She's cool, so man. good. I saw, that's just I, I saw her in person. I was a few feet away from her once. And I saw her in person. She is really magnificent in person. Right? Like, just seeing her on interviews. She's, a, she's such, like, a tough woman who's, like, so well-spoken and so intelligent. I just, like, I respect her so much. She's pretty. She just comes off as being so think, powerful. Do you think she still does her own workout tapes? Like, <laughs> like, do you think that she puts <laughs> them? Do you think she had somebody I, I, like that, transfer them I, to DVD and she's like watches them? Um, I think it's cool. I think it's a different view of relationships, right? Most of the shows that we look at are about love stories, and and even you know, even Friends at the end of it were still around love stories. And Grace and Frankie is about how they're the the most important part of one another, and they need to take care of each other until the end. And they're friends, and I think that that's. That's an interesting view. That is a really good point. Something that I think and I wish I saw more of is I feel like shows feel like they have to throw in a romance all the time. And sometimes I just like the resolution to be people can be good friends and take care of each other and be partners and, you know, not like partners in business or Mm -hmm. adventure. Like not everything has to be like a relationship mm-hmm. uh, or emotion, uh, a love relationship. So I, I, I'm with you on that point. That's a great point. Okay, so my show for someone who's like antsy, right? So this is somebody who like you're in a situation where you're like 
a little bit twitchy, so it has to get going pretty quickly, in my view. So this is a really odd, and there has to be a lot of seasons. So one of them, I'm going to go with tried and true Chuck, because Chuck gets yeah. going really quickly, and then in season two, you're you're really like enveloped in it, and you're going to go all the way <laughs> to the end. But the other one, this is kind of a dumb show, but I like dumb shows. But it's we know. But it is the blacklist with James Spader. Oh, I because like that show. It's not a dumb show. It, it's it's kind of, I love it. It's kind yeah. of it, no, but it's Spader. It's, I love it, James Spader. So that's the thing is that win. the great thing about the blacklist is it has a premise, and that premise starts in the first episode, and they keep pounding you with it. Here's a mysterious guy. He's going to help the FBI solve problems. He may or may not be have a connection to this one woman. And you're just in a constant state of solving these big things. And James Spader just being the most spadery he could ever be all day and all night is a is a really fun thing to keep you focused. Because how can you look away? I just had a thought, though. Yeah. Can we look at her as a hero and Spader as her mentor trying to help her be become the hero that she is and going through like I don't know. I don't know because I feel like he's often the hero. Uh, yeah. I, I I think that mm-hmm. so at different. I, I think one of the cliffhangers of the show. I, I I'm a few seasons behind at this point. I'm now gonna go back and keep watching it. I think one of the cliffhangers of that show is is the question as to whether or not this is true. Is the question or not is he her mentor? I mean, he is her mentor, but what will the resolution be? You know, will the resolution be that he was her mentor or was he her captor the whole time? Mm, was he the villain? Um, but. That's a great question. Oh, all right. I'll let you know when I get to the end. <laughs> uh, I really, really, really... I, just James Spader being Spadery. That's what. It, that's the alternate title for that show. Spader being Spadery. Okay. Thank you, doctors. I think we've solved some serious medical problems. <laughs> I, I want to... I want to... Before we wrap up, I want to ask... You know, Be- Lily made this great observation about Mila that the name Mila is the Hebrew word for word. Word. Which is amazing when you have a storyteller. <laughs> Clearly, Mila's made that connection before. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I, I have. I actually use it sometimes as like my uh, breaking the ice story. The thing is that I, I was named in the former Soviet Union, so nobody made that connection, and the connection was not an intentional one. And so when I tell the story, I say that like in a, in a, in a faraway land, I received a name that only years later became became, um, a a part of my destiny. And I realized that uh, it means a word in Hebrew. And so it's my destiny because this is my favorite thing. If we can take words and put them together in the right order, we create meaning, a story. And that's, uh, you know, that, that's something that I um, tell whenever I can. And I truly believe that it's part of my identity, words. It's beautiful. Boom. I'm chill. How about that for a yeah. backdrop? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, she's good at telling stories. Hello. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just sitting here. I've never been so calm while recording this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting here, like, leaning on my hand, being like, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> So oh I'm like I'm like you just read me a story. <laughs> so we've done quite a bunch of recommendations. So let's let's do our shout outs. Um, Becky, do you have any shout outs this week? Uh, come back to me. I didn't prepare one in advance. I apologize. Lily. I, I, um, maybe same. 
I want to shout out to cousin Vanessa. Because you are you are both uh, me too. I'm like so super relaxed from Mila telling stories. I don't even know why. And I'm I, just I, like instinct was to be like I want to shout out to Mila for I know, I the podcast and She's just being such a, an expert in this field of storytelling. And I feel like giving legitimacy to what we're doing every week. So thank you, Mila. Shout wow. out to you. And yeah, and I was going to shout out um, to cousin Vanessa because she gifted my talking about, talking about stories. She gifted our cousin gifted my little boy a book about uh, const- uh, the construct good night construction site. So it's about a construction that's construction site that's going to sleep. So slowly each vehicle at the construction site is getting like put to bed at the actual construction site. I don't know. It's beautifully illustrated and it's literally the perfect book for him. Does it put like, him the to sleep? excavator going night night? It's so <laughs> Love this book. So thank uh, you, cousin. What are you showing me, really? Mila, <laughs> do you know like when people did the everybody does that like twinning thing, that thing where you take a picture of yourself and then this app sees what celebrity celebrity you look like? Is that a thing in Israel? Because in the states it was huge. This app, right? Becky got James Spader and her. <laughs> <laughs> And we put it on our Instagram. It made me so happy. To, like that was like the I got Army Hammer, which was amazing. Do you see this little nugget here with uh, me right now? Becky has the best so baby. Amazing. By the way. Becky's baby is Becky's little baby is the best. Like so my kids cute. are awesome, but they were not like this. So me, <laughs> at this point in the show is our shout outs, and this is where you just you shoot out a thing of gratitude to somebody that you know or or someone that you think people should follow or it's it's your the floor is yours so i'll give a shout out to my mom who had to do a big presentation in the last uh, couple of days and she was really excited about it and she was very worried about doing it the way i recommended because she was afraid that she's not going to look professional enough because she's a doctor and so she it's she's not it's not okay to tell stories and she ended up doing it and it was amazing and she was really happy with it so for taking chances that's that's amazing. That's a great shout out. So my shout outs I have two. One will be to Mike McNutt uh, and to Kevin Bednars from the All Star Comic Con because Mike made good on his promise that he made to us the other day, and he had dinner. He had dinner with Shabadoo, the star of Breakin', who we love so dearly and think is amazing, and he sent me a picture of the two of them together. And, of course, like Mike is so cool and had a, had a great time hanging with him. So a shout-out to Mike and the folks at All Star. My other shout-out is going to go to Mila. I hope she can hear this. I know that we're having some internet issues. But to, to Mila, because I have... Uh, had the opportunity to see Mila in action helping people tell stories and helping people develop like we just heard her tell some compelling stories but I know that she's able of bringing out this quality in other folks so uh, I've seen her in the professional context and she's just fabulous and so Mila thank you for taking your time in the middle of your night to be here with us and share your your gift with us and our listeners Um, and truthfully if there are any listeners that want to work with Mila like send us a note and we will put you in touch she is just a fabulous person and so so my my final shout out goes to to Mila a, a incredible professional and a great guest for this podcast right guys i mean this is oh, super yeah. fun oh yeah for sure big time great uh, guest and thank uh, you so much it was such a pleasure and and now what'll happen is we ask people uh, the following Be- becky where can people follow you 
at paperbkprincess on Twitter. Lily? At Gomez on Twitter. Now, and Friday Night Movie Pod on Instagram. That's right. And Mila, uh, we give people, our guests, the option of saying whether or not they want people to follow because we love people coming here and being really candid and saying whatever's on their mind. Sometimes they say so much that they don't want to tell people where they work. But but if you do want people to follow you, uh, where can people follow you or get in touch with you? No, I love... I, I... I definitely love to, to get in touch with people. You can find me uh, on my Facebook account, Mila Finkelstein, and via LinkedIn or email, which is Mila at MilaFink.com. Awesome. And we will put all of that in our show notes when we send it out. And now you have to imagine, you have to use your, your storytelling, your internal storytelling, that the music from our theme music pops on right now, and then we all dance. But I, there's so many technological things right now that I... It's hard to get it to pipe in when the show's actually happening. So we do a little bit of a dance, and Lily takes a picture of it, like a boomerang of people dancing. And so that will be sometimes the promotional image of the show. All right. Thank you. Later, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Thank you so much, Mila. Thank you. It was super fun meeting you. You too. Bye. 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 Thank you. Oh, she froze. my gang is coming back in the house. Uh-oh. It's like turning into a pumpkin. We're turning into pumpkins. <laughs> Poor Mila's like, her thing is frozen. You should have ended five minutes ago. <laughs> oh, no. Just ended I texted on... you being like, Oh, you're back, Mila. You're back, Mila. Oh, no, we lost you. Mila, it just says lost. Oh, you're back. Okay. So...